Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast, You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, November 3, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or SPIDER, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? The market went higher once again. We're in no man's land. They continue in the melt-up operation courtesy of the Federal Reserve, FOMC, also known as Kabuki Theater. But that's not really what it's courtesy of. What the up move or continuation move is courtesy of is the uptrend. The trend is your friend. It's the dominant thing. And she's going to stay your friend unless you cheat on her with her best friend. We talked about this, I believe, last night. The market is looking for an excuse in the midst of an uptrend. It's looking for an excuse to go higher. We'll remember this little thing. No news is good news. Bad news is good news. Good news is good news. That's what happens in an uptrend. In a downtrend, in a bear market scenario, the opposite is true. All news is bad news. That's not really how it works, but that's the appearance of what's happening. Are we in the middle of a blow-off top operation? And it may be the case. Why not? How long will it last? Could be a few days. Could be a few weeks. Could be a few months. Where are they going? We don't know. They're in no man's land. There are no bona fide resistance points. Let's just lay this on you. Here's a monthly chart. Last month, the month of October, big time reversal candle. Now, in November, they're still headed up. Now, we don't know where November's going to end, but what on the board tells us that they can't go up another 4 or $5 in the month of November, and that would be somewhat of an equal candle to the majority of the rest of the candles on average and nowhere near the size of last month's candle. My point is... There's nothing that says that that can't happen. How many weeks in a row are we up since the last bottom made about five weeks ago? And there's your answer. So how many more weeks are we going to go up for? Maybe another week? Maybe another two weeks? Under normal garden variety conditions, somewhere between now and then, the market would have a garden variety A, pullback, or B, even just eat time off the clock and run sideways for a while, giving home base a chance to catch up to price. There's one caveat to higher prices, which is what happens if you get the post-Kabuki Theater blues on Thursday? Sometimes, and we don't know that this will or won't happen, but it's an awareness. Sometimes the market has a jam session on the Fed announcement, after the Fed announcement, everybody's bullish and they just send the market up into the close. That's pretty much what happened today. But then all of a sudden, for some unknown reason, you wake up the next morning and they're down, giving back the majority of the gains and everybody scratches their head and says, oh, but then when they really deciphered what the Fed actually said and what they actually meant, well, they decided to sell the market. Again, that's just after the fact, talking head kabuki theater nonsense. What did we talk about last night? We brought up the 120-minute chart, among others, and we said, hey, this is the operating chart. This is really what's going on. They were making a bullish, flaggish kind of thing, and we had a line in the sand. What was the line in the sand? It was the low of the breakup candle. It was 460.08. And here is that breakup candle, and there is the low at 460.08. 
They never got down to the low today. However, and this is strictly for folks, A, who have taken the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, or B, who haven't taken the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. They went up on time. On time happened to fall right around the time that the Fed made their announcement. How does that work? How did the Fed know it was on time, or how did the market know on time was when the Fed was making their announcement? Kind of funny how that works. There are no accidents. There are no coincidences in the market. So basically to conclude the SPY on the daily chart, is anything jumping off the page? Nothing material other than the fact that they're in no man's land and we have to be cognizant of the next, already the next big fat round number. ES 4700, 470 in the SPY, give or take. When one gets to their number, the other isn't necessarily at their number yet. Will they get there tomorrow? We can't say. Can they trade them up into the weekend? Yes, they can. Let's check out inside the numbers. There's some material stuff in the commentary. Even though we had a floater slash melt-up operation on our hands, there's still stuff in there where you can say, hey, yeah, this was of value to me. We start out with the early thoughts. This is at zero dark 30. It's hump day kabuki theater all at once. They went sideways all night long in a bullish flaggish type formation. There's no surprise there. We're likely to get some kind of morning rush as usual. We don't know what kind, just an awareness at the time. This is what we wake up with. What are we looking for right out of the gate? We're also likely to get a floater for a few hours leading into the FOMC a la kabuki theater announcement. By the way, that's precisely what happened. If she pushes up north, it's simply deeper into no man's land. We know about that. If she falls, the only nearby numbers of consequence are 460.70 and the big fat round number of 460. Now, what's also interesting is, and we'll see where they went to this morning on low, and then I'm going to show you where that number came from, and then you're going to have one of those, oh yeah, I should have seen that moments. It's quiet and will typically remain that way until we get past the waiting on the Fed game. And it is a game. That's why I call it Kabuki Theater. Think about this for a minute. So the Fed telegraphs what they're going to do. So everybody under the sun knew that they were going to start tapering. So they're tapering $15 billion a month and they're going to up it to another $15 billion next month. And they're going to continue tapering up into the point where they remove the emergency stuff that they're doing, which they should have done a long time ago. Now, here's the thing. So they said that they were going to do that. They never said anything different. Nobody under the sun thought they were going to raise rates today. Nobody under the sun thought they were going to lower rates today. So they kept rates the same. So A, they did the thing where they started to taper, and B, they kept rates the same, which everybody expected. So they did nothing of a surprise, yet the market rallied. We got the Federal Reserve FOMC Kabuki Theater goose operation. And therein lies why I say the market is just looking for an excuse to go higher. The Fed was the flavor of the day. All right, let's see what else we have as the morning gets underway. 9.12, a little before the opening bell. No surprise, we'll let them get going for a while to see what the early storyline looks like. We don't know whether we're going to get a shakeout operation, a runaway, a floater. You never know. However, the runaway thing is suspect at best 
That was at the time. They're not going to run away before the Fed announcement. 931, nice trade on ATVI. That's a sniff test for stocks on the move. We'll circle back to those later, and then we'll review the charts. Remember, 460.70 is support 936. Five-minute chart, right of the vertical, today's activity. 460.70 is the horizontal trend line. They came up short of it right at the open, tried it again, tried it later on. They couldn't do it. Where does that come from? Why was that an important number? Here's your hourly chart. Here's your high from the other day. It is exactly 460.70. And therefore, when they broke above it, they're going to come back to run a test of it. If they get back below it, it's something different. If they run a test and stay above it, that's bullish. And guess what? They never even touched it. They just stayed bullish. So I draw that from what I tell you with the gaps. If they don't touch it and trade away, that's bullish. They'll be back later, but for now, it's bullish. Just as a refresher, why do I keep using the same stuff over and over again? Let me show you another instance where the same thing worked out. I'll use this line here. I'll even just drag it down and say, look what happened here. So the market runs up and is rejected. Then it ran up again, and we obviously talked about this at the time, but here's a refresher. So it ran up, and as soon as it broke out, it did what? Before just running away, it came back to run some tests. Just wants to make sure that it's got the necessary paperwork to stay above. It's like going through customs to another foreign land. You got to wait there for a while, they check your paperwork, and then you can move it along. Back to the commentary, let's see what else we have as we scroll forward. We had an early pivot, but you know what happened. They started to go in float mode. So what happens is, I put this picture up on the board. 10.15, just a friendly reminder. What's really going on here? How about eating time off the clock in a bullish, flaggish formation? Now that's drawn from last night's video. Even if they come down to test the breakup candle low, and this is the same 120-minute chart that we talked about before and last night, they're still in good shape as long as there's a rescue operation at the lows. They never even got there, but that's what we were just looking for. So there's an image, there's a visual of what's going on. We take the market at face value. If it looks like that's going on, then that is what's going on until something different is going on. Back and forth, kabuki, chop shop formation, all that stuff. The writing is on the wall, we'll let them go, waiting on the Fed. We knew that was going to happen. We had some numbers on the downside. If they killed the tape, they didn't kill the tape. But we have to have the numbers just in case. They started going back and forth after the announcement. I call that the EKG mode. First move was the goose operation to new highs. No shocker there. Shocker said sarcastically. You just have to be aware that they could go back and forth for a while. Then you get into the press conference thing where Chairman Powell answers some questions. And here's what they say. I never watched this stuff because I know what they're going to say. Everything's fine. We have everything under control. We're going to do whatever it takes to make sure everything's fine. Move it along. Nothing to see here. Now, he says that in his own words. He says it much more eloquently than I would. However, that's what they're hired to say. 221, the 120 chart. We know about that. We saw that. There's the end of the day. We're not going to do anything with the market in melt-up mode. You're either already long the tape or you're a spectator. What about stocks on the move? We're going to take a look at E-X-E-L-A-V-T-I. I said that a little backwards. A-T-V-I, the dyslexia kicked in. We've got Zillow on the board. How about Tupperware? We'll look at that one. And A-P-P-S. The ones that don't hit my numbers are off the board. I don't want somebody else's numbers. Just 
our numbers about this hammer time job. They come up one penny short after getting its haircut. Closing price yesterday, $21.88. I've got $19.29 on the board in the first basically minute of the day. The low was what? About $19.30. And then they have a rip-roaring rip away from the number. That was obviously the trade we're looking for. They came up a penny short. In technical terms, we call that a screw job. And then here's a 15-minute chart. You can see they were intent on hanging around that number all day long. They basically stuck around for a cup of coffee. Maybe the intent is for another number lower. I have that number, if you will. The next one on the docket would be 18 and a quarter. The numbers work. Stock's down 12%. You pick off by one penny the low. How do you do that? You have to know your numbers. How about Activision? So let's go over this one. Closing price yesterday, 77.69. Decent buzz cut at the open. Two numbers up on the board. They're close together. Can make a case it's either one. 66.38 was the first. 64.79 was the second. So what happened? It opened below the first. So what do we do? It's off the board. Doesn't exist. The second number is immediately activated. What do they do? They spike it by a few pennies. Low is 64.55. And then what do they do? They immediately rip back up in the other direction. The high over here by 10.30 was 67.19. That's a nice trade. No matter how much you got out of that, it's well more than the minimum required base hit. You round it first. You pulled up into second with a stand-up double, and some traders chose to continue on to third base, sliding head first. Zillow, 66.10, 64.04, and a third number on the board. They never hit the third number, and they didn't come into the first one appropriately, so they made a low of 66.56, and then they did the thing. Then when they come back into it later, it's what? Correct. It's not the same trade. And then when they come into the second number, it's after Kabuki Theater, it's at the end of the day. Although it did work, I'm assuming, and I shouldn't assume anything, why shouldn't you assume anything? Because when you assume, you make an S out of you and me. The assumption was many traders didn't take this trade at the end of the day. That's probably true. It's correct not to do that, but it worked anyway. And the reason why you don't take that trade into the end of the day is because what happens if it goes down 75 cents or a dollar or 50 cents or whatever, and you're in the hole, and all of a sudden it's 3.55 in the afternoon? What are you going to do? You have to make a decision. Do I cut and run and take a loss? I didn't really give myself enough time for the trade to work out. Or do I hold overnight and find the thing down at $51 in the morning? We know that routine. How's Tupperware doing? Same routine as the other one. It came up short. The low here was 1976, and then it bounced away. It did more than the minimum required deal, and then it came back down later. But at that point, you don't want it anymore. It's not the same trade. You want it on the first run. No sloppy seconds, not as long as we're treating it as a business. APPS, here's a one-minute chart, and the reason is I have to show you what happened. It cut through the first number like a hot knife through butter, hit the second number, did the deal off the second number, and then it hung around. So if you took half at the first, half at the second, they let you out with a small gain, but that was at best. Other than that, it really didn't do anything all day. It basically hung around for a while, and then it dripped lower. And what's going on over in Camp IWM? How about a bona fide breakout? Here's a weekly chart. They're in their respective no man's land above all the moving averages. 
The trend is your friend until she throws your shit out the window. There's a picture of the monthly chart just for those monthly chart watchers. Eight time off the clock for what? Eight, nine, ten months before breaking up. Kind of the same thing that happens on hourly charts and 120 minute charts and daily charts and five minute charts and 10 minute charts and 15 minute charts. You know why? Because all charts act and react the same way. How do you like dem apples? What about the folks down at the transportation department? So they were down a little bit today. They had that weird move yesterday. It was tied to car, but it was an anomaly. I'm telling you, the index is somewhere along the line broken as a result of what happened yesterday. I'm not saying the transports as an index is broken. I'm saying something happened yesterday. One stock that's a fraction of the entire index, if it's even in the index at all, shouldn't move the index as much as it did yesterday. So the actual transportation index was down today, but the IYT, which is the tracker for the transportation index, at least it's worth using now, was up $2.94, about 1%. Weekly chart of the actual index itself, breakout to new highs, IYT just getting to the high. Interesting, I would put this on a sticky note, put it aside, the actual IYT not confirming the breakout in the transports, I think it's interesting. I'm not saying anything's gonna happen as a result of this, but I'm watching this, I wanna see the IYT break out above the former high. That'll confirm everything in my book. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Anything to see here? Breaking out still, pushing into no man's land, nothing to see here. What's next on the docket? 395 is easy. Will they get to 400? Most likely. Will it happen this week? I have no idea. The financials, nothing wrong with the financials. They're eating time off the clock above all the moving averages. That's it. That's all we need to know. When you look at the longer term charts, they're just pushing on the highs, grinding higher in a melt-up operation like everything else. Move it along. Nothing to see here. And here's one that'll shock your pants off. The SMH, or Smash Mouth as we like to call it, also pushing to new highs, continuing to push into no man's land, going from, not too long ago, dipping into the abyss, or looking into the abyss, to what? New highs, just like that. They'll be back to run a test of the former breakout area. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything we needed to and wanted to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.